Hello and welcome to the Cabin 3 podcast. I'm your host Sam Stewart and you're with me in Cabin 3. It is episode 6. It's all about yachting guys. It's a great episode. We're going to dive deep into it. My journey into yachting, how you can journey into yachting, tips with your CV and once you get work, we're going to cover it all. We're going to cover it all. First though, I should apologise. Last week was the Olympic special and in my arrogance... I felt I didn't need to do any research, and it's backfired. I mistakenly called the British Taekwondo star Lataro Mohammed, and his name is in fact Latalo Mohammed. So I've learnt my lesson. I will do more research and provide better content. It was still a great episode, and there's a lot to look forward to in this week. So if you're new guys, new to the podcast, enjoy. Hope you haven't turned off already. Let's get straight into it with my journey into yachting. The year was 2012. I'd finished working in Australia on the sheep farm. I'd also pretty much finished my American football career. It was done with. I needed new direction in life. I wanted to work abroad, continue to travel. I've always liked boats, always have. So I sat in front of the computer and I googled jobs on boats. You know, basics. The cruise ship thing came up, wasn't for me, I wasn't interested, you know, cruise ships, you're basically just a, a stewardess on a plane, you know, which, hey, there's nothing wrong with that, but it just wasn't for me. I was scrolling through, oh, fishing vessel in the North Sea, no, far too cold and wet for me. Scrolling through, what's this, super yacht training, oh, let's have a look. So you're telling me... I get to work in some of the nice places in the world and I don't pay tax and I'm on a super yacht. That's got to be it, surely. So I investigated. I went to UKSA, I did my courses and I was a fully qualified deckhand. However, I didn't have a job. So that autumn, I flew to Antibes and let me tell you, I didn't have a clue. I had no money because I'd spent it all on my courses. I ended up camping on the outskirts of Antibes in a place called Biot, Camping de Pylon. 30 euros a week it was for my tent. It was a low point of my life. I was there for two weeks. Within the first week, however, I did get some day work, three days on a vessel. And I thought that was it. I was like, oh, this is easy. I've got a job. Easy as that. Did me three days. They said, oh, we do have a position. We'll call you. I thought they're going to call me. So I waited for about four days for this phone call, which never came, and realised that I didn't get the job. Uh, I was very defeated. I gave up at that point. I had no money to stay there. I had to go home and earn some more money to then come back. So I gave up. I flew home. And the next year, so all of 2013, I just worked. I worked, 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 saved, saved, saved. I was applying online for jobs with no experience, but you just got to keep doing what you can. 2014 came around. So it's two years from when I first started my courses. Still haven't got a job. Flew out to Antibes in the spring. Here we go. I'm going to do it. I'll do it proper. I'll stay in the crew house. So I stayed in the crew house, met some amazing people, still friends to this day, had a great time. I was there for seven weeks. 
four weeks of that, I did have day work. I thought, this is great. I'm getting day work, getting some money, paying my rent, paying for my food. And that day work eventually finished. Still no job. So I carried on dot walking day in, day out, day in, day out. I must have walked miles. I spoke to hundreds of people about work. I applied for hundreds of jobs, which I never heard anything back from. I thought, is this yachting for me? It all came to a head. There was one day in April 2014, and I thought, I just can't do this anymore. Let me set the scene. I was in the hop store the night before. I was chatting to some people I'd met throughout the course of the week. This Australian guy said to me, Oh, you know what, mate? You should go to Bowley or Samir. There's so many bloody ripper boats there. It, it was very Australian. I didn't do his accent any justice. But he told me I should go to Bowley or Samir because there's tons of boats looking for deckhands. I thought, this is brilliant advice. So I trusted him. I trusted him. The next day, I woke up at 6, went to Bolia Samaire. It's about a 30-40 minute train ride. And let me tell you, the weather was awful. It was blowing a gale. Alright? So I'm walking down there, and I get to the port, and it's just a, just a barren wasteland. There was nothing there. No boats. There was even one guy walking there who was in a bloody uh, polo and khaki shorts. He was like, Why are you do- what are you doing in Bolius and Air? There's no boats here. I'm like, what are you doing here? But anyway, besides the point. So I walked down there. I was already disheartened. I was already like, he's just, he's mugged me off, basically. He's just fed me a pack of lies. It must have been an inside joke with him and his mates. I was very disheartened. I walked to the back of pretty much every single boat. They were all under 20 metres under 30 metres, I think the biggest was about 32 metres, uh, there was no one even there, no one was working, I walked all the way to the end, and I, st- I had my plastic wallet with my CVs, my business cards in, I was professional, you know, I'm always going to give it everything, I was professional, dressed smart, my hair done, but just nothing there, uh, there was one boat at the end, uh, don't know what it was called, I j- I've kind of blocked it from my head, and there was a guy sat there. I was like, oh, okay, here we go. This could be this could be it. Went up to the back. I was like, oh, hi there. Uh, good morning. Hi. Just getting his attention. He looked at me and carried on sitting down. He was having a little espresso. I was like, oh, excuse me. Um, is it possible? Could I give you a CV? I'm looking for some deckhand work uh, or some day work if possible. He rolled his eyes. He stood up out of his chair and he walked to the back of the passerelle. Uh, I was excited at this point. I wasn't so excited when I realised that he was French and he didn't really understand any English. He stood there with his hand out waiting for a CV. And so I then grabbed from my plastic wallet a CV. I pulled out, I was fumbling from a CV and a, a business card or two. And it was at this point that a gust of wind took my plastic wallet out of my hand. I wasn't able to give him a CV. All 200 of them, and business cards, blew out of my hand and basically scattered across all of the Bolliusum airport. Every single CV I'd printed out, I'd taken hours and hours of care to write them and keep them all perfectly flat and not creased, and all the business cards I've spent ages designing, everywhere, all gone, all in the water. This Frenchman burst out laughing and went back up to his chair. I was so embarrassed and upset, I didn't even pick any 
couldn't even pick them up. I just had to turn and walk away. Started crying. I'd come to the end. That was the end for me. Tears in my eyes. I rang my mum. I was like, mum, I can't do this anymore. I can't do it. I've just so much rejection. I'm coming home. I booked a flight that night. I flew home. Got back to England. No money in my account. A complete low point in my life. I thought that I can't do this yachting. It's just not for me. I'm just a, a, a guy from a small little village who was home educated. It's, it's too big. It's a big old world out there. It's not for me. I still wanted to work on boats. I decided, you know what? If yachting won't have me, the Queen and the government will. So I joined the Navy. Yeah, I was going to be a seaman specialist, much to the disgust of my father. But uh, I was going to be a seaman specialist. I went to Gloucester Docks and I signed up. I got through all the application pro process with flying colours. And I was about two weeks away from basic training. So, legit signing up for the Navy, guys. Two weeks away from basic training. And my phone rang. And it was a job offer from a 52 meter based in Greece. They got my CV from the guys I've been day working with. And the rest is history. Now that was my journey into yachting. It took about two years, two and a half years. Finally made it. And once I got my foot in the door, I was fine. I've never struggled to find work. You know, I've just gone from a few boats, four or five boats now, and had an amazing whirlwind experience. But to get there was the hardest thing in my life. And I still think to this day, I had to go through all that shit. And it made me who I am now. It made me a better yachty, I think, I hope. But it's also made me a very understanding yachty. You get so many day workers and people looking for temporary stuff, permanent stuff, looking for the big break, the big break, because it's such a good career to be in, guys. And a lot of yachties, I think, forget that they were once in those shoes, but not me. So I'm here today to offer some advice, some support, some tips and tricks I'd learnt how to do it in every wrong way possible. I didn't have anyone I knew in yachting, so it was all guesswork for me. And then, you know, reading articles and listening to people, and there's a lot of hokum in yachting, I feel. Some weird advice. So I'm hoping that my experiences will cut through a lot of that crap and just feed you what you need to know, guys. And then there'll be people out there that will be like, well, you've got no experience in bloody agencies and, and all that and hiring and firing people. Well, that's kind of true, yeah. But I have got a job, so something's working. And hopefully you'll see my logic behind some kind of different ideals and ideas that I have with regards to your CVs and little bits and pieces. So I think on that note, we are going to jump in to CVs and do's and don'ts, my personal do's and don'ts, and I might even tell you some of the shocking things I've seen from some of the CVs you get, awful guys, awful CVs, but yeah, I hope you're enjoying this episode of Now, jumping straight into CVs, funny story, when I uh, first started yachting, the top of my CV obviously says Sam Stewart hyphen Deccan, which is the position that I was after. You normally put that at the top. And uh, I went into a crew agency, and uh, the lady there, lovely lady, and she was like, so, Sam, I'm just, 
it's not a bad CV, but I'm just unsure. What position do you want on the boats? Do you want a steward's position or a deckhand position? So she didn't realise that my surname is Steward. But I feel like now, actually, that would be quite a good little, you know, Sam Steward the Steward. Woof, got a ring to it. Uh, but yeah, going into CVs, the uh, the first thing for me, if you're new to yachting and yachting CVs, you uh, generally put like what your goals are, what you want from a boat. That's always a good thing to, to have in there. And a lot of people don't put it. You know, you, you'll put the position you're after, like a deckhand position, but you might not even include what kind of boat you want to work on. So it's always a good idea to put, I don't know, you're looking for a deckhand position on a 60 to 80 metre. Because if you don't want to work on a small boat, why would you put uh, you want to work on any size boat? You know, you always want to go for a job that you want. Unless you're starting out, then you've got to take anything. But it's always good to have an objective. What do you want from the boat? Okay. Now, here's my huge bugbear profile. Now, obviously, if you're in the real world, you might not have this on your CV. It's slightly different CVs in the real world for an office job. But you want to put a profile about you because don't forget you are working and living with these people it's very different to the real world on, on boats so captains or whoever hiring you they want to know what kind of person you are but this is the biggest misconception and I think this is oh this is where people go wrong guys now everyone will put a profile like this on their CV okay I've just I just wrote this two minutes ago it's a very short one here we go profile. I'm a self-motivated professional individual who takes a lot of pride in my work and enjoys working with a team. Right, okay, sounds good. And there'll be a lot of people out there listening that'll be like, well hold on a minute, that sounds like my profile. Exactly, because it sounds like every profile that everyone ever puts in yachting. Always the same, self-motivated, professional, yeah, takes a lot of pride, enjoys working with a team. It's bollocks, right? You should have all those qualities if you're going for a job in yachting, or any job. It's just, you should be that. They're not going to like ring you and interview you and be like, Yeah, Sam, um, saw your CV, um, but I'm just not sure. Are you professional? Are you are you motivated? They're not, they should, you should just be that anyway. For any job in the entire world, that's the expectation. You don't need to put it on your CV, okay? Now this is my profile from my CV. You'll notice how I tie it in with those qualities, but I tell a story of what person I am, okay? This is my profile, genuinely this is my profile. At the age of 13, my parents started home educating my sister and I whilst we traveled around every country in Western Europe. This experience made me a very independent person from a young age. I feel this has helped me greatly during my time in the yachting industry. My sporting background has also shaped my personality in a way that is suitable for yachting. Having represented and captained Great Britain four times in American football, I have great levels of teamwork, leadership, and commitment. Okay? Now, you'll see, people will be like, what are you saying? Those things that you said you shouldn't say. Yes, but I'm tying it in with a story about me so they know what kind of person I am. And I'll tell you now, every single interview I've had since I put that profile, because I didn't have that from the beginning, I had the stupid one. Ever since I put that, either my home education or my American football or both have come up during the interview process. I interviewed for a boat in Hong Kong. Interview was about two hours long with the chief officer. Great guy. But about half an hour, 45 minutes of that, we were talking about home education because he was home educated. We had that rapport. We had that bond. All right? So this is my point. 
tell a story about you. Now, you could be like saying, but I'm not interesting. I've got nothing interesting to, to, to say about me. That's rubbish. Every single person in the entire world has a story to tell. Even if you're from South Africa and you're out in the sticks in the middle of nowhere on a, on a farmstead or whatever, you know, and you might be six hours away from the nearest shop or whatever it is, tell a story about that. That's interesting. Isn't that amazing that you come from a like middle of nowhere and now you're in the, the big world in the hustle and bustle of the med and all this? Oh, that's interesting. People want to hear about that. So my point is your profile, you should tie in with you as a person and then they get to know you and once you join a boat they can be asking you in more detail about these things that you've said so that's my first little tip with your cv now my second tip which oh this is even a bigger bugbear actually spelling oh no one likes to talk about it everyone thinks yep yeah, it's all spelt fine but some words they'll get you and it's crucial that it's spelt correctly. Now, I appreciate that yachting is a very diverse, multinational industry, and for some, English isn't their first language, so I get it, it's, it's a lot harder to write a CV in English, um, especially if it's not your first language. I mean, I'm terrible, because I don't speak any other languages, it's appalling, um, but it's obviously slightly easier for me to write a, a CV in English as my first language. So if English isn't your first language, I'd always recommend getting someone English to proofread it maybe for you, to get like the correct wording, but there's no excuse for incorrectly spelt words. Spellchecker has been around since about 1996, guys, alright? I have done my research in some form or another, and it's always improving. There's apps for it, proofreading apps. So you can put your documents in there and it will give you correct spellings, okay? Because obviously some spellings, American English, English English, the, the Queen's English, they're slightly different. Um, but I would always spell check. And people will say like, oh yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll spell check it. Then they might change something on the CV and not spell check it. And that's when the mistakes happen. Obviously, some words are harder than others and I, I get that. But... I've had CVs come to me and within 10, 15 seconds, I've spotted about 20 spelling mistakes. I'm not even joking. Some, and they just go in the bin. Because if you haven't taken the time to check your CV for spelling mistakes, check it's all nice and good, you're not going to take the time to make sure your work's good, are you? Uh, it's just it's just one of those things that you've got to... You're selling yourself, right? You're selling yourself, guys. You've got to have a good looking CV that's spelt correctly I'll give you an example I had a CV come to me recently well, about three three months ago okay I'm not gonna name names I can't remember his name but I'm not gonna say who it is um, CV came first thing first he didn't have a, a phone which is another issue I'll come on to so his phone number he just put the name of the crew house and the telephone number for the crew house so in my head, I'm automatically assuming that when he's not working or he's not out, he's just sat at the crew house next to the phone waiting for that phone call. You've got to have a phone, mate. Sort it out, right? Within the first two paragraphs, there's about 30 spelling mistakes, basic words. Words like interest was spelt wrong. 
hobbies was spelt with three B's and two S's. Okay, it's just gone mental typing. The what the 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 one for me, right? He'd only had one job before, uh, McDonald's, which is fine. Hey, they do great burgers, and it's a very good place to start working at. It's good, fast pace. Yeah, it's good. I'm not against that. But when you spell McDonald's, M-A-C space D-O-N-N-A-L-D-D-S-S, I have no words. I have no words. I saw it, and it was just, oh, it literally ruined my week. I saw that CV, and I was just like, do you know how hard it is to get a job in yachting? And it's so awesome. I would never tell anyone not to do yachting because it is the most awesome thing. And you are literally not going to get anywhere because you can't spell McDonald's. And you, if you're not sure how it's spelled, Google it. Everyone knows how Google works. Google McDonald's. Spell check your words. Get a phone. Oh, okay. So that was, um, by, def- by definition, that was the worst CV I've ever seen. Uh, I still think he spelled his name wrong. I'm not going to say his name, but I still think that was spelt wrong. Uh, the formatting, it was it was all over the place. So spell him. And just, yeah, you've got to sort it out, guys. A check, and then check again. And then if you're not sure, get someone else to check. Because people see words different things. Some people are slightly dyslexic. They see words differently, whatever. So get other people to check. There's nothing wrong with that. So let's spell him. Finally, tip three. Right. It's got to be a good-looking CV, but ugh, some of the CVs you see now have like got a scratch and sniff and bloody connect the dots and all these kind of colours on there. And I even saw a CV with the the, the person I was going to say if it was a girl, the person's Instagram and Twitter account, right? Uh, yachting is basically a NDA, so non-disclosure agreement when you join. You'll notice I have never said the name of the boat I work on. I don't really talk about what we're doing that much. But the fact that someone's got their Instagram and Twitter feed on there, you know, hi, I'm Sam, I'm, I'm looking for a deckhand, hashtag follow me on Sam Stewart at deck. you know, it's it, it's not going to, it's not going to work, is it? Um, had a guy come to interview for the boat uh, once, and as I was walking around to greet him to bring him on, I caught him taking the selfie at the back of the boat. It's not a good start, really, is it? He didn't get the job. So all these kind of things add up to... you got to just be professional. Be professional. I don't think it's that hard to be an adult. I don't think it's that hard. you just got to carry yourself at a high standard, okay? So I think that'll do it for CVs. We'll swiftly move on to what you should do when you get a job. Cabin now, this is a tough one, because I appreciate that if you're joining a boat or you've got some day work, you're going to be naturally nervous. You want to impress, you want to come across as a cool dude or cool girl. So it is very difficult to be yourself. But that honestly is the key. Uh, if your day work... I've had so many day workers that come on board and you think they work at a funeral directors. They are so serious literally so serious I'm, I'm i'm a very sarcastic kind of guy like crack a joke and honestly trying to get a laugh out of a day worker is like trying to get blood out of a stone because they're so hardwired into yachting is serious believe me when i tell you this 
yes it's serious when there's guests around but every other time is the most reckless crazy sex drugs and rock and roll industry going no one is serious in yachting and if there's a boat out there that's serious when the guests aren't around then you don't want to be on that boat but if you're a day worker and you've got some day work you join the boat have a laugh crack a smile you know have a bit of banter a bit don't be a dick but you know crack some jokes find out about people chat you just have a laugh you're there to be yourself you're not going to get hired put it this way if you have two day workers one of them doesn't say a single thing keeps his head down and he literally won't joke or smile or join in with any conversation who do you think they're going to hire between him and another day worker that's quite outgoing having a good laugh cracking on with work smiling being nice and friendly and polite it's a no-brainer you know so just relax relax woosa relax and same goes for if you're joining the boat and you know it is crazy because you've got like 20 people you've got to remember all the names instantly as soon as someone tells me their name i instinct instantly forget that's just what happens um but when you join the boat just you know be cool you know don't be too crazy because everyone's judging you instantly they're like oh it's like the big brother house who's this new guy he's a bit crazy you know but you don't want to be so reclusive and just not talk to people so just relax guys that's that's the main one have have a laugh for goodness sake i also think it's uh, very important to listen a lot of people they'll go and join a boat and they'll be all guns blazing and they'll look they'll be telling stories about themselves talking 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 and they won't actually listen to what other crew members are saying it's quite good i always go with the two-week rule this is good you can have this for free two-week rule join the boat first two weeks listen more than you talk sit back in the crew mess and watch conversations play out it's actually quite fun because you'll be like "Ooh, what's going on there between those two what's happening here <gasps> oh they don't like them but that person is great it's like a soap opera but you do that for two weeks, you get a real good base knowledge of what the crew's actually like. And then you can kind of start dabbling, working your way in there. So it's finding the balance. You don't want to be all guns blazing like, I'm awesome. Okay, that's, it never works. Believe me, I've tried. <laughs> but um, yeah, so always listen more than you talk at the beginning. Now it's just me talking to everyone all the time. Too much, I think. I, I, hence why I'm sat in my cabin recording my own voice. It's the only, the only thing that will listen is this microphone. And finally, bit of advice for just yachties in general. My biggest bugbear. I mean, it's very hypocritical, hypocritical because I've just been talking about yachting and work in this episode of the podcast. But when you go out, guys, can we not talk about work? For Christ's sake, that's all yachties talk about. You go to any bar in Antibes, you know, drinkers happy face hop store you'll hear some wanker sorry guys be like yeah sir i've just finished on the 30 meter um got three charters coming up this season it's gonna be good we've got yeah no one cares you'll work on the boat it all floats i hope why don't you talk about yourself what you've been up to before yachting why don't you talk about what's going on in the news why don't you talk about you know cool places to go travel to we don't want to hear what model caterpillar engines you've got on board or what your crew mess water fountains like or, or what dvd collection you have on board. i don't care and i don't think anyone else does but because 
all we do, it's very intense, all we do is work and live on these boats. That's all we feel we can talk about. It's really not. There's so much to talk about, guys. So that's just a little piece of advice for yachties that are quite well established. No one cares what boat you're on. I certainly don't. <laughs> if you want to know what boat I'm on, please feel free to email me. <laughs> but don't talk about yachting, guys. I swear to God, the next person I hear talking about yachting in the bar on the night out, I will literally go over there and tell them not to do it. I'm not gonna. I'm not a violent guy, but I'll just say, wind your neck in. No one bloody cares. So that's gonna do it for my yachting advice. I think uh, that's gonna do it for this week. I'm going to do a, a solid boat update next week. Give you all the birds and the bees of what's been going on in Barcelona. Because it's been... <laughs> it's been interesting. It's been a good one. But uh, I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. Welcome if you're a new listener. Uh, if you'd like to email me and, uh, you know, maybe ask some more questions about yachting, feel free to do so. Cabin3podcast at gmail.com uh, but yeah, that's going to do it. I've, uh, I've actually enjoyed this episode. I feel like I can actually talk in detail quite a lot about this uh, rather than just ramble on about fantasy sports I've created in my head. But anyway, you've been listening to the Cabin 3 podcast. I've been your host, Sam Stewart, and you've been with me in Cabin 3. Play the music! Cabin 3 on the 70s Cabin 3 I'm sure. from cabin three, cabin three.